Hey, so I wanted to come on before this episode and I wanted to tell you about a special thing I am doing because I had this crazy Mercury retrograde idea and I'm just making it happen, which is I want to read for 30 people in July. Now, on my website, I have a product called a service called three Oracle card reading plus a natal transit. And that means that I will look at your natal chart and I will see what is happening in this moon cycle, the new moon, the full moon, any other planets that are happening. So that will include this month, the retrograde Mercury is having through uh, Cancer, as well as the new moon and the full moon eclipses in July, the 2nd and the 16th. And then all the other planets that are retrograding, where are all those happening in your chart? And then I will pull three oracle cards to support the messages that are coming through and to kind of give you an affirmational, inspirational kind of pep talk around getting through these times with some grace and love for yourself. Normally that costs $75, but I want you to pay whatever you want this month. So I want to read for 30 people. It's the more, more, most people I've ever read for in a month if I do the goal. So please be part of it. Even if you want to divert the money you would have spent on one of your fancy lattes, or if you want to spend the entire money that I would normally charge, somewhere in the middle it's an open 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 offering um, with no expectation except I'm super excited to read for 30 people feel how that feels and prove it's possible for myself so if you want in I would love to have you send me a message you can go to paintedgoddess.com slash about and send me a little inquiry on my website or you can go to my Instagram at Painted Goddess and send me a DM or you can go to my Facebook page Painted underscore Goddesses or you could probably search Painted Goddess on Facebook and send me a message through there. I hope that you'll get in touch and tell me that you want to get in on this special July pay what you wish reading. All right on to the episode. You're listening to the Painted Goddess podcast special bonus episode for the full moon in Capricorn. Well, hello. It is not Wednesday, which is today is Monday, and I've been really excited to do a little podcast and I wanted it to drop before the full moon in Capricorn which is tomorrow on Tuesday the 16th of July and you know we are in eclipse season as they say which is just meaning that you know last the new moon last um in July uh, in on the 2nd was also a full solar eclipse uh, visible from Argentina, and um, it, there's this window then that's been a portal that's been opened, and that new moon energy um, lasts for six months. Equip, eclipse, a moon, sun, you know, it's, this is where the eclipse happens between the moon and the sun, right? So the the window of this change shifts, right? When we have a new moon, normally the timing that it really is activated is about its cycle. It's 29 days. Well, eclipse cycles are more like six months. So 
these uh, lessons from the new moon eclipse are going to be kind of reverberating for us for the next six months. So, you know, take it slow. There's some time to really unpack all of the lessons that are coming through. And then the full moon eclipses the same way. Um, and, and you could say, you know, in that way, there's like another kind of lightning bolt in a way of this, this deepening message that's coming through. And for each of us, it's a little different. It does depend on where it is in your chart. But there is also a collective story going on in the stars. And so what it is that uh, we're looking at is a full moon eclipse in Capricorn. Or I'm sorry, yeah. It's a full moon eclipse, but it's a partial eclipse. And um, <laughs> what, what started me out with this was the total eclipse of a heart song and the partial eclipse of the heart. You know, once upon a time, there was love in my life. Now we are talking eclipses today. So what is an eclipse? Well, an eclipse is when the sun and moon are conjunct. The word conjunct means aligned. They're next to each other. And there's a certain amount of degrees. It's like, you know, within 11 degrees of each other when they say they're conjunct um, in a chart. But when the moon and sun are actually aligned, it's much closer. It's usually up to three degrees. And the total um, eclipses are really exact. And this can only happen on the lunar nodes. So there's like, there's an elliptical, right? If you look at the earth, we are, we have an orbit around the sun, right? And then from that, there's an, there's, there's a kind of this pie shape that of perspective that if the moon is there in the, between those degrees, then it's going to block out the sun. And, um, contrarily wise on a full moon, the sun will block out the moon. Right. And so we won't be able to see the full moon for a certain amount of time. Now, this full moon, um, you know, and because of this, they happen in seasons. Right. So it can only happen right now. The lunar nodes are in Cancer Capricorn. Right. And Cancer and Capricorn are opposite each other on the astrological wheel. And this is how these lunar nodes work. So if you've ever heard of your north node in your chart, or your south node, that's what this is talking about. It's talking about where the lunar nodes were when you were born. And lunar nodes happen in about year and a half cycles. You know, they're kind of epochs. So those of us born like me in 1978, we all have the same lunar node, right? And so it's interesting to kind of look at collectively as a generation what it is that, you know, those south node indicates um, in evolutionary astrology, what you came in, what's your karma, what you came in with having already um, done in your past life, you know, what, what did you get good at, what did you le learn, what were the lessons of your last life or, or even lives leading up to, and then the north node is what you're meant to be learning in this life, it's the kind of purpose that you've been given in, in some form or fashion. Now, this also happens in a house, and normally it's around the, t it's the ninth, 10th, or 11th house usually, um, or always, it's either those three houses. And so your north node is going to, you know, dictate a little bit around where you feel called to serve um, humanity, what you're responsible for, or what you're here to learn, depending on the house that it's in. Um, so it's interesting to look at your north node and south node. Um, I'm sorry, that's wrong. Your midheaven is always that um, 
ninth, tenth house. But your um, your north node and south node could actually be in any house. Um, <laughs> there's me being silly again. So um, I would be chalking this up to retrograde, and but you know this is just me being human, to be honest. Um, okay, so the full moon is in Capricorn on Tuesday tomorrow. So, but here's the real message I'm receiving from, I've done a lot of research and I've also, you know, just been looking and listening to my own intuition around, um, these energies and what it means. And there's a lot of, you know, the cancer retrograde cycle right now with Mercury in retrograde is really emphasizing childhood trauma. It's really emphasizing working on your inner child. Meanwhile, we've got Saturn in Capricorn in retrograde. And that is an interesting thing because these are, right, these are retrograding planets on the lunar nodes in those signs. Okay, recognize this Cancer Capricorn lunar node is being emphasized as what we're learning for this next year and a half. And the, the lunar nodes changed at the beginning of this year. So, so the fact that both of these planets are retrograding right now is a unique opportunity to really review both at the same time, have that energy kind of synergize. And again, it's this opposite energy of childhood kind of imagination and innocence, pure heartedness, that cancer child, right? A pure heart, really intuitively um, <clears throat> emotional, right? Really understanding the emotional experience we have as humans. Whereas Capricorns just wants to know what we're responsible for, just wants to know what's expected, just wants to know the limitations of time and constraints and, and space, right? They're, Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. It's the Lord of time. And with, with that retrograding Mercury, the thinking planet in, Cap in uh, Cancer and uh, Saturn retrograding in Capricorn, there's this interesting mind, you know, limitations of the mind. How can you really change your thoughts? How can you really um, change your trauma response? How can you really integrate? And it really is about, you know, this full moon in Capricorn, then amplifying that ability. It's really opening to a whole new creative paradigm where you can create a new way of thinking of what you're responsible for, of what you're here to do. And so, you know, self-awareness is always first when it comes to spiritual work, uh, when it comes to integrating the shadow, when it comes to integrating trauma, when it comes to uh, becoming your um your best and highest right like if that's the path that you're on for one you know this is in my mind what humans are here to do is to you know evolve both mind body and well not both all mind body and spirit but you know this this full moon can help us to focus on you know we can use this energy to help focus on um where we really want to shift that creative paradigm so that the old structures really um, show their cards, right? There's some, there's some old structures, they're, they're lies, right? The lie paradigm of, well, if you work hard, then you'll be rich. That American dream of work hard all your life and you'll be, you know, you'll live an incredible life. You know, we've kind of seen the illusions of this. We've also seen how, you know, um, first world countries across the planet are using their manipulation tools and resources in order to hurt countries that, you know, have often been, um, you know, uh, genocided, killed 
you know, manipulated. Um, so there's this an, another layer to our emerging reality as humans that, you know, this big blue planet we're on has no borders. Um, you know, there really is just a fight for resources. And we knew this, you know, this is the history of war. This is the history of patriarchy. This is the history of the church. And so as we really start to come into balance and understand the truth of what humans have been enacting upon each other, you know, we recognize that these, these things have happened in, on a microcosm in our own lives. You know, the way that we gain our own independence from our parents, the way they nurture or neglect us, the way that they, you know, pray to, praise us for certain behaviors and chastise us for others, the way we, you know, have been shamed um, or exploited. And especially when it comes to um, sexual exploitation and trafficking of young people on this planet, you know, some of that's really coming to a head. And, you know, this is no new news. Like, here's the thing is we may be shocked and odd, but, you know, even Romeo and Juliet, this is not a love story. This is a story about a 17-year-old and a 13-year-old falling in love for three days and then killing themselves like this is you know she was a child right so so think of the normalization that's happened around um you know and now the the media um has been calling this whole thing like having sex with underage women well the headline should be having sex with children right these are children and it's always happened it has always happened it was much more um normalized before now we act like we're a gap at it you know we're just aghast <gasps> shocked right but this has always happened and it's time to really own up to what the fuck we're doing and it's really really important <clears throat> excuse me so this this kind of traditional structure around owning people women in particular minorities in particular owning their labor owning their sovereignty you know, we are taking power back one person at a time, one person at a time who recognizes the illusions. And in this country, especially, we have our freedoms um, to express. But many countries, there are not as many freedoms to express or none at all, depending on your social status, gender, everything, poverty, right? So there's so much going on. But I really wanted to bring this to a personal level. Like, how is it that you can really use this energy to um, inspire yourself to live as you wish, to live as you see fit, not how, you know, maybe your parents decided uh, was the good way to live. And, you know, not, that, not to say that our parents are always the culprit here. You know, oftentimes it's society as a parent, right? It's society as a watcher. It's a society as a playmate um, that, you know, kind of lulls us, seduces us into this, you know, this war drum or this consumer uh, crisis that we're in, you know, that we're just consistently consuming things. I mean, you're consisting this podcast right now, but I hope that you're breathing into it. I hope that you're questioning what I say, like, just because I'm fucking recording something. These are my thoughts. And by the way, I accept the right to be wrong. I accept the 
willingness or I and I and I seek the willingness every single day to release the need to be right because my brain as far as I can tell is an evolving tool and it's as strong as I give it information that is good sourced information and I'm always learning you know I'm 40 right I'm 40 now I'm gonna be 41 in a month and you know I've had a lot of thoughts along the way that turned out to be wrong, turned out to be misinformed, turned out to be misaligned, turned out to be, you know, some crazy lullaby that, um, that I was sold and, or lies that I've just been, you know, accepting. And I, you know, I can't tell you how many times, um, I felt ashamed for accepting something and not questioning it, uh, because it felt okay to, to me felt uh, beneficial to me so anyways this is where I'm at in this retrograde cycle I'm kind of celebrating the ability to review myself my thoughts and uh, and I hope that you are too and again if you're looking for support for this retrograde I did create an exploration workbook and video to kind of look at how to look at your chart how to look at where this retrograde is happening for you and then I provided some, some inquiry tools, some questions based on where that Mercury retrograde is happening for you so that you can journal, write, think your own thoughts, have your own thoughts get down on paper or even record them so that you can hear what you think, right? Because it's easy. We have 75,000 thoughts a day. It's really easy, I think, to gloss over the things that we're thinking. Meanwhile, those thoughts in our subconscious especially, but even the thoughts that we don't pay attention to, are guiding how we feel and then the way we feel dictates how we act, how we um, create things in the world, what we say to others, um, what we judge in others, what we feel about the world. So, you know, um, one of my beliefs that I am quite fond of uh, is, you know, how am I going to love myself through this? And I offer that thought to you and that question to you if you're in a time of struggle right now, how am I going to love myself through this? Because in the end, that's the important piece. Not how am I going to shame myself into changing? How am I going to, you know, hurt myself enough to, you know, spiral at the bottom and hit rock bottom? It's how am I going to love myself through this time period and looking for tools to do that? And I think astrology is, is one of them. I also have a oracle deck in my hands. I have the wild unknown animal spirit deck. I'm going to be pulling three cards. So what I want you to do right now with me is take a deep breath. Just notice your body. Notice where you're sitting, standing, driving. You don't need to close your eyes, but I want you to focus on your breath. Notice if it's difficult to breathe, if it's shallow, if it's quick. If you're calm or maybe agitated, if you're feeling worried about the future or sad about the past, if you're feeling grief for some, for some reason, you've, had to, you've, you've experienced a loss recently that you're grieving, or perhaps you're recelebrating a new joy that you've found, a new hobby that you, has lit you up, a new uh, friend who has... Uh, becomes uh, kindred or just a new way that you've been looking at life that helps you to really see the beauty right 
Now all these things are happening for us and where our attention goes, the energy flows. So remember, we can, um, we can focus on ways and, and that there's room for all of it, right? And everything has its own time. And you know, because we're complex beings, we can actually hold grief and joy at the same time. And often this is uh, a reminder that we are given when someone passes away is that the love we feel you know, creates that intense pain when they're gone. So, you know, we have to feel a little gratitude, at least, for having loved them so much that it creates such grief in our lives and it teaches us that all these things are temporary. Everything, everything is temporary. It's got a lifespan and everything goes through seasons as it, as it grows older and wiser or more entrenched in trauma all of these things, right? So my attempt to integrate is today is to um, pull three cards. So I want you to just kind of settle on a number, one, two, three. We'll just give you a second to kind of really let that be. And then once you decide the number, just kind of say it to you. I decide on, I decide on the number. I decide on the number. I decide on the number. Now that doesn't mean you can't get wisdom from each of these three cards. But it would be cool to just take a little extra time to contemplate the one that you chose. And these animal cards are done by... Kim Kranz, she's a Portland area artist, and she created the Wild Unknown Tarot, which I use pretty primarily in my readings, and I love very much. It's, it's kind of the deck that really uh, made me feel at home in my readings and um, opened up a, a larger intuitive channel that I kind of had uh, been neglecting, had no idea I had kind of way, so it was my way in, I think, um, to trust myself and I hope you have those tools for yourself too you know sometimes we just feel an affinity for something and we don't know why so I'm going to cut the card the cards in three piles and then I'm just going to pull the top from each pile okay so I've got one two three in front of me and so the question I wanted to ask today to these cards is what's ready to radically transform be released Right? What is radically ready to transform or be released? Now, you might have a little bit of a different question, and I completely encourage you to stick with your question. If it's very specific, great. If it's very vague, great. Fine. Just notice that, you know, when you ask negative aspected questions like, why do I always do this? Then you will get the answer. Your brain is the same way. You know, you'll get the answer while you keep doing this. If you need to know what your negative affect is, tarot is kind of a better objective, maybe resource than your brain because your brain loves to tell you all the ways that you can't do something. It's not going to work. Remember last time, all that stuff, right? Your brain is a, is, a, is, a, <laughs> is a mighty servant, as it's said, and a terrible master. So, ah, the first card is the dragonfly. Now, the dragonfly in, in Native American culture represents 
illusion. And what's funny is that yesterday, I actually have a dragonfly story. Yesterday, I was talking to a friend. No, I'm sorry. This was, well, now it doesn't even matter because this is Monday. But on Friday, I was speaking to a friend on the, in my car and um, a, a dragonfly like flew right up to my windshield and started buzzing around. He didn't leave for a really long time. It was just hovering around my car. It was crazy. He was massive. He was huge. And so I'm excited to kind of share with you what Kim Kranz says in her book about the dragonfly. Now, when I do oracle card readings, I usually will offer the, um, the, offer the author of the deck's description of it because they were inspired to write these. So, and um, while I am, you know, still a student of everything, I'm particularly a student of animal medicine and um, when I tune into my heart around things, you know, it's, it means something different for me, you know, and a dragonfly might remind you of some time in your life, particularly, you know, I think when we first learn about dragonflies when we're young or we first see one, I mean, they are gorgeous and fascinating. They're luminescent wings, kind of this made of magic material, <laughs> like, you know, no idea. And if you've ever been around an area that has a lot of dragonflies, um, what comes to mind right now, lavender is blooming and out on Whidbey Island in Washington, there is a lavender farm. Well, there are lots of them, but there's a particular one, Lavender Wind Farms. And I was there because a friend worked there for a while. And um, there is a pond there with lily pads and lotus flowers and the dragonflies were abundant there. I took so many photos of dragonflies that day that my, my SD card was full. It was like four gigs of pictures because they were just incredibly beautiful, loving the lotus flowers, loving the water, you know, and um, they were mating and they were, they were flying and they were drinking water and they were catching bugs. It was really, really amazing. Captured my, uh, my wonder for quite some time. So this is what uh, Kim Kranz wrote about the dragonfly. Master of light, illusion, and the mind. And again, this is of air element. So air element is masculine charge. Air element is um, mental activity for the most part. And about action. So the dragonfly is an ancient and ethereal creature that awakes a sense of wonder and awe. It's so funny that I just said that. The dragonfly is a symbol of the mind as it is always moving, shifting, shimmering, and changing. When the dragonfly appears, when the dragonfly card appears, it's worth considering the quality of your mind and perception. Is it restless or still, dreamlike or crystal clear? The situation at hand may be different than it appears at first glance. The dragonfly reminds us to calm the mind so the light of wisdom can shine through. When in balance, sees clearly, joyful, magical. When out of balance, can't concentrate, busy mind. To bring into balance, focus on the breath. So again, if you're experiencing this and you chose this card, it might be really interesting for you to really pay attention to your breath, pay attention to your thoughts, understand that our thoughts are kind of what our brain produces. It's its job to produce thoughts in so many ways, right? But we don't have to believe, just like we don't have to believe what other people say, we don't have to believe what our mind produces. And this is the teaching of Eckhart Tolle 
uh, in A New Earth. If you have not read this book, I highly recommend it for you if you, if you chose um, the Dragonfly card. You can get it as an audiobook so you can hear the words if you don't um, tend to have time to read. But I highly recommend it because it helped me to understand what actual non-attachment in Buddhist teachings means. And it really clicked for me when I read that book how I had been attaching to my pain body in one way or another, my suffering in one way or another. And, you know, feelings of victimhood, feelings of confusion and discomfort can become quite a drug for the humans. We, we, it makes us feel comfortable in some really sick way where at least we know how to deal with this discomfort. So we will continue to victimize ourselves, put ourselves out there for people who won't do the same for us. Um, give more than we have to offer from our energy bank because we want to feel needed by others you know there's so many ways in which we kind of thwart and sabotage ourselves and our energy our creative force by you know not having an equal exchange with our surroundings now that's not to say that we don't want to be of service to those we love it's just to say that we have to honor our own energy system uh, first so the illusion of this dragonfly coming into this full moon eclipse in Capricorn, let's synergize this thought a little bit. So traditional thoughts are especially around being a mother or being a child. You know, notice what lessons you learned when you were a child. Were children meant to be seen and not heard? Were children supposed to obey? You know, what were the roles of your parents in your household? Did you feel as though one parent gave more than the other? Did you feel as though um, children were, were asked to do more than be children? You know, did you have to take on kind of, for whatever reason, more adult kinds of feelings <clears throat> because of uh, troublesome situations you were put in, decisions you had to make? Did you have to grow up really fast? And... And how were you honored or supported through that? Was there understanding? Was there um, retribution? Um, when you started to gain your independence or have independent thought, were you shamed for your crazy thoughts or your timidness or whatever it is that you experienced? Were you, were you praised or shamed? And both things can kind of create different you know, especially some people when they're, when they're praised so much, they become very self-conscious. Sometimes when kids are not praised enough, they become very self-loathing. And it just really depends on the child, your temperament, right? So think of your little self. Think of the first time that you had an interaction with your parents where you recognized that you were um, either being, you know, supported or not. And and, you know, what kind of memories are the most present for you? Most of the time we think of a lot of the negative things, but I encourage you to think of the positive ways too. Were there any people in your life who really encouraged you? You know, in contrast to the people in your life who may not have. And this illusion that either of those things is who we are, right? I think our brains are very Capricorn in a way that we build synapses, we build neural pathways for the things that often happen, right? So if something happens over and over again, um, especially if it's negative, we can, we can um, create what's called a negative affect in our, in our brain where 
something's always this way. Something never happens. This is always the way that it is. And this feels comfortable to the brain just because we, the brain takes a lot of energy from us, right? We use the most of the calories that we in, um, intake into our body is used to process thoughts in the brain. So, so it's really interesting to think of the ways that we have really run down those really deep, deep neural pathways over and over again, and they have become habitual patterns, addictions, um, traumatic responses to pretty um, odd, like nor, nor, quote unquote normal happenings, loud noises even, or you know, are you afraid of dogs, small spaces, um, heights? You know, what are your what are your fears, and how have you said, "Well, that's who I am," you know? And then, what are your creative outlets, and how have you said, "That's who I am," and how were those things, um, uh, how were those things emphasized, um, ingrained in you by those around you, your parents especially, but also maybe other people who you saw as parental roles in your life. How did that get ingrained in you because they supported that belief by their own beliefs? And then just notice if that's still serving you as an adult. Have you had any experiences that taught you the contrary? Have you had many experiences that taught you the contrary? Right? But you still kind of sit in fear around whether or not you want to do something, be something, act some way, you know, break out of that old pattern, that old um, traditional structure that you built when you were young. I think a lot of us, you know, rely on our childhood to give us all the information we need. And even in our culture, there's that book, you know, all I needed to know I learned in kindergarten. Well, it, that's true in so many more ways than that, where, yeah, you may have had some really great mentors, but you also may have had some very troubling kinds of messages coming to you about your consent, about your sovereignty. How many people were you forced to kiss, forced to hug? forced to sit on their laps even when you were felt feeling uncomfortable about it noticing how that informed your sovereignty your feelings of consent and notice now you know by way of seeing your thoughts around your obligation your feeling of obligation which is definitely a Capricorn kind of thing how do you feel obligated to be a certain kind of way around certain people in order not to offend them and yet you set suffering and feeling very afraid or upset or, or offended. And just notice the dragonfly is saying, return to your breath, return to your body. Notice how quickly the mind can shift when we make new beliefs. Notice how free and liberated we actually are in some ways. Notice, notice the transformation that can happen in our minds. And I love this particular say, you know, it's worth considering the quality of your mind and perception. Is it restless or is it still dreamlike or clear? Now notice the word contemplation. It's, it's, it's to, and, and the quality, right? We're not making judgments necessarily here. Oh, my mind is so bad. My mind is so good. My thoughts are so bad. My thoughts are so good. I have this, it's bad. I have this, it's good. But notice that the word quality kind of indicates, um, a, f uh, a more feeling sense of that expression. So it can be like, well, I have, I have these reoccurring thoughts and they actually um, feed 
a fear that I have around being alone, right? Or being in crowded spaces for that matter. Okay. I hope that gives you a little bit. The dragonfly is really cool. If you pick this card, I encourage you to put a picture of a dragonfly on your phone or, you know, consider them and, and, and think of them in your meditative practice if you have one. Or even while you're just driving, consider what a dragonfly's day might be like, how it makes its decisions. You know, it's a sacred and in, in, in sovereign being, right? Seems pretty unattached and free. All right, card number two. And again, the full moon eclipse is all about just this really almost com confrontational release, right? Full moons are all about releasing what no longer serves us. That's what we do. That's what gets illuminated at the full moon. And then we spend the waning cycle kind of um, composting that, that realization, right? And so the full moon time, this eclipse is especially powerful to really you can actually, in a moment, kind of maybe release some of those things that really don't serve you. And, and because this eclipse is, is on that lunar node, too, just notice that this is going to mark a piece of time for you. You know, there will be more eclipses in Capricorn in this energy. So notice what comes through this, this time and, um, and how it's building upon what you've already been learning. Okay, card number two. Mm, the fire ant. Now, the fire ant is a very tiny creature, very industrious. They live in colonies, right? Notice the quality. These are both uh, some kind of insect, which is interesting. Um, but the fire ant has a very different purpose, right? The fire ant is moving small things from one place to another, and their, their, um, their objective in life seems almost just to keep procreating and surviving, which is this, it's the same as everything, everyone, really, when you break it down to a very um, uh, simple structure. But they organize in a way that is um, kind of aggressive, right? And so, yeah, and this is a fire element. It's got the triangle facing up, no line across it. These are alchemical symbols, by the way. So the dragonfly had the triangle aiming up and the line uh, through it above the top by the peak. And that is expressing um, an air element. So the fire element, again, fire elements, masculine charge. It is an um, a, a element of creation and inspiration and of instinct, right? So this is what Kim Cran says about the fire ant coming into this reading, if you have a card number two chosen. Aggression. Rigid thinking, following orders. Fire ant energy flares up without us knowing. It's the force, or noticing rather, it's the force that attracts us to people and situations that feed our imbalances rather than those that counter them. Gossiping and blaming are a few indicators that misaligned fire ant energy is at play. You may also find yourself stewing on a person or a situation, making things worse. How can you break free from the drama and cool down? Fire ants are surprisingly sensitive. Don't pretend the heat isn't getting to you. When in balance, thoughtful, disciplined. When out of balance, argues, excessive heat, gossips. To bring into balance, solo time. 
walks at night. I love this bringing into balance suggestion that you might go for a walk at night. When was the last time you took a walk at night? For me, I spent a lot of time walking at night when I was in my early uh, years. I spent a lot of time uh, as soon as I was a teenager and my parents would allow me to take walks at night. I would do that. I would leave the house and I would take a bat, <laughs> a baseball bat, and I would and I would walk with it at night and I would walk for a far distance. When I was about nine, we moved from one part of town to another. There's about a mile and a half um, distance between the two. And so I would walk that mile and a half back to my old kind of stomping crowns and sit under a particular tree. And then I would walk back. And along the way, sometimes I would see other people. And if they looked larger than me or, or particularly male, I would kind of uh, drag and thump the, the baseball bat on the ground to let them know I had a weapon. <laughs> you know, this is very fire ant energy. Um, but it's, it's an interesting thing to think about walking at night as a practice to cool yourself down, to integrate the day. You know, oftentimes we get really agitated throughout the day and it causes stress that we're not noticing. And then when our family, you know, kind of maybe is a little too much for us or maybe the aloneness, if we live alone, is too much for us, we start to really deepen that, you know, um, irritability into our body and our body keeps that score of stress right and we might overeat we might over drink we might over shop you know fill our amazon cart we might obsessively look at our phones we might i mean all these things right and what would it be instead to take a walk at night and take out an hour or so of that kind of obsessive behavior right again this is also representing rigid thinking so that's a great practice. The moon being full makes a really beautiful night walk. So that would be a great practice, I think, to have a time of contemplation for this full moon, which is really opening, again, this new creative paradigm. So how can we get out of our rigid thinking? You know, the first is, of course, in any spiritual practice is self-awareness. What are you rigid about in your thinking? And if you don't think you're rigid in your thinking about anything, you're wrong, probably. <laughs> we all have things that we really lock down on in terms of believing. Those things might be benign, or they might be really keeping us stuck, or they might keep us in risky behaviors. They might keep us in joy, right? Our rigid thinking around, I'm going to fucking do one thing every day that keeps me happy. It's a really great self-practice, but it still might be where you are rigid in your thinking. You might have decided you are an extrovert, and so you must go out and have social dates every, every night and find yourself exhausted, actually, right? And don't want to miss out on things, and so you're always out and about doing things with people, going places, all the stuff. Well, that's great, but there must be the counter to that for it to really be in balance. So when do you have time to think on your own? And thinking on your own does not involve a Pinterest board or a Google chat or a Google chat. Who the fuck does that? I don't even know. Or a messenger or a uh, video game or a um, YouTube channel, right? Solo time is being alone with your thoughts. 
do you spend any time doing that? You know, rigid thinking can really be something that's a really low-level vibration that we're not aware of at all. So I encourage you, if you pick number two, to take a piece of notebook paper out and really write down the ways that you might be rigid in your thinking. And I think the way to start this, and I'm sure there are so many ways in for this, but, you know, when does it feel emotional for you to change a way that you do something when do your emotions start to get defensive and want to defend or protect something and that might be a good way for you to um, it's a signpost for where you maybe have be too rigid in your thinking okay if you've Oh, let's integrate that to the Capricorn. You might have already followed this, but Capricorn is all about tradition. It's all about structure. It's all about the solid form. So focusing on that rigid thinking, or again, the way that our rigid thinking creates aggression, or how we've been following orders, that we think some outer authority is the one that's always right, and we consistently, our rigid thinking is simply questioning our own way of doing something so much that we don't even know the, the way we like to do something. Right? Have you ever stopped and thought like, who made this life for me? And it feels maybe that you're dissociated from even your abundance because it's not even what you want, but you've created it based on external, oh, you should do this. You're really good at that. This is what you should be doing for work. Oh, you know what? This blah, 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 blah. All the things, all your life. Right. And then because we're opposing that new moon in cancer that was also an eclipse, maybe looking back to your childhood, when was that indoctrinated within you? How were you um, seduced into this rigid thinking that this is the way something ought to be or this is the way something really is? And just noticing you get to still have your beliefs, by the way. I'm not saying you have to release those beliefs that you that are really working for you right? You don't have to let go of anything. But just notice if your rigid thinking has created suffering for you. Okay. And that this full moon is a great time to release something. And by the way, you can give it a time limit. You can say, you know what, for the next three days, I'm going to say yes to something I would normally say no to. Or I'm going to say no to something I would normally say yes to. Just see how that feels. Okay, number three, the deer, how lovely. So I love these three cards. So the deer, completely different feeling, right? This is earth energy and earth energy is um, feminine charge and the earth is all solid forms, reality. Um, and it really is about, um, the feminine way in which things live, which is biodiverse, right? It's dynamic. It's evolving. Life is always evolving. You know, even if it's within a year, a tree looks different every year, but every season, right? It might have leaves on it this season. It might have dropped its leaves next season. It might be completely bare and just look like a stick the next season. And it's got blooms. Right, then it's got flowers, then it's got fruit. You know, it may take seven years for a, a tree to get fruit, maybe even more. You know, there's apple trees, it takes years for it to, to bear fruit. 
So noticing the ways that our lives are seasons, this is all earth, earth energy. So the deer, this is what Kim Kranz says about the deer. If you chose the third card. So again, this is, two, this is also three different uh, elemental energies. We've got air represented, we've got fire represented, and we've got earth represented, which is interesting because we don't have water represented in these three cards. But the new moon in Cancer was very water-oriented, and that eclipse there is still kind of um, informing some things, and that's where that association to the inner child and our childhood emotions and our childhood uh, healing and the trauma and the you know, kind of psychic awareness we have around those things always, that subconscious mind that always kind of, you know, carries some of that um, in the way we built, built, built our self-esteem, right? That's the cancer energy. So the deer, the deer loving, intuitive, graceful, the mother, the deer represents the feminine aspects of earth energy. This energy is available to all creatures regardless of gender but is especially potent in new parents during the first few days they are fully present nurturing and calm their inner beauty radiates and a sense of grace calms the room a dear personality affects others in this way drawing them toward a quiet tenderness the dear card may appear when a birth or celebration of new life draws near or when a situation calls for the absolute gentleness and compassion calls for absolute gentleness and compassion when in balance receptive compassionate and nurturing when out of balance concerned protective to bring into balance nature children and so this is great you know this is again saying go into nature and to you know reconnect with that deep feminine nurturing space that lives within all of us so first of this inquiry, of course, is self-awareness. So the question, what do you nurture in your life? This may be another being. And by the way, we nurture a lot of things. Hopefully, first on the list is ourselves. But um, I think most of us would say that's probably not true and we're working on it. Well, this is definitely saying like the nurturing part of yourself is calling to you. So notice what you nurture. You might make a list of 10 things that you nurture. And then you might even prioritize them if you want to. This Capricorn energy is very good with prior, prior, <laughs> prioritization and structure. So in what ways do you nurture things, beings, places, ideas, right? I nurture my knowledge, my wisdom with reading, right? Reading others' thoughts, reading others' stories, reading others' ideas. So, um, you know, and then integrating them with my thoughts and feelings around those things. And, um, and I nurture my wisdom with being in nature and learning from plants and learning from the way they act, mostly. Um, I'm not so affinity with at least domesticated animals, um, but I do live with a cat and, you know, her way of being nurtured is very interesting. She's a wild animal living in my house, and she's still very wild. I know some cats are quite domesticated. Mine is not so much. And so she doesn't have a clear sense of boundaries. Anyways, I kind of bring this in because when we start to look at the way we nurture and what we nurture, it can really tell us about who we are. It can really start to 
tell us about what we find important because we nurture the things that we want to grow. And so if on your list, and let's and try and be as honest as possible, you know, notice again, like, and this is maybe drawing from this fire ant message, but if you're nurturing um, a sense of drama and victimhood, you're having pity parties all the time, you know, you might notice that what you're nurturing is that sense of, I'm a victim to this life. I didn't choose this. And that that's a disempowering kind of place. So just notice which ways that you nurture the things in your life. And again, noticing the taking that inspiration from new parents that it mentions here in this in this piece about the deer, that the inner view, beauty of these people radiates in a sense of grace, calms the room. You get to be that if you want, you know, and some spaces really call for it. I think some other spaces call for righteous anger, so that's fine, right? If you're somebody who's definitely pushing the envelope and confronting others' uh, beliefs, especially now when our thoughts are so polarized around certain issues, I think it feels like we can have to protect ourselves by disengaging from that kind of rhetoric. But a new way is kind of to lean in and really see the grace in everyone, even if their beliefs aren't something we align with, and really bring it down to a real earth mother level, which is what this dear card, if you put three, is calling for. So again, it makes me think of that loving myself through this. You know, notice that when we attack ourselves, when we judge ourselves, when we hate ourselves, we often don't get the result that we want from the work that we're doing. So if you have a job that you hate or that you don't feel appreciated in and you go there every day, how is it the quality of your work when you are feeling resolved to be and joyful regardless. So you know, maybe something else happens in your life that just makes you so happy that you're happy anyways, even though you're at work, right? And how does it feel to go about your day like that? Then, you know, you drank too much last night, you stayed out too late and you were dreading work and you get there and everything goes wrong and it just proves that you're in the wrong place and everything's shitty and it just kind of compounds. Like just notice that your energy, um, you know, where your uh, focus goes, the energy flows. So this is kind of a call to really calm and dispel all of that negative energy and nurture those parts of yourself and say, you know, I'm really feeling unsatisfied by this work and here's why, but is there a way that I can nurture myself in this process or even offer my nurturing self to the situation that kind of calms and radiates about the room, about the situation? And in relation to the full moon eclipse in Capricorn, you know, maybe there was a learned way, like something of a traditional way, again, looking at your childhood, looking at the way you were raised, you know, did you, did, did it really focus on um, that love and radiating energy? And did you feel like you had access to shift the energy in a room? Did you know that you could do that? Did you know that you can go into a really tough an aggravating situation and by your actions and your words nurture that situation into a new a new feeling situation now of course nobody's jerk whispering and nobody can really you know shift everybody's you can't control others thoughts or feelings or actions 
including my neighbor who decided to cut some wood right now, if you can hear that. But we are able to experience a kind of calmness when we know and we release control of the outcome and say, well, I'm going to go to this because my family is important to me. Not because my family needs me there, wants me to go, expects me to go. Notice the difference of that quality of thought. Again, back to our thinking, back to the way that we learned that what we're obligated to do. And if we show up in a way that is a little more gentle too, and noticing that, you know, sometimes we're so wrapped up in thinking about how we don't want to be somewhere or how we feel obligated to be somewhere, whether that be work or family or a PTA meeting or anything we have decided to do or de- or not decided to do. Sometimes we're, we're, we're there because of our choices and uh, they're not a good outcome. Maybe we're in court, <laughs> right? Maybe we're going through something really challenging. Maybe we are, you know, kind of at the affect of others' decisions. But we still get to decide who we are in that room. We still get to decide what our focus goes towards and where our energy flows. And so how do we shift that creative paradigm? How do we create our reality in a new way? So that old structure showing its cards and we release it, right? Notice what you want to release. That kind of makes you feel so um, uncaring destructive you know what do you want to destroy you know and notice some things are worth destroying right some things will destroy themselves some things are worth really destroying but either way you know this dear energy if you've pulled this dear card it's kind of asking for you to show up gracefully and to honor what the process is for whatever it is because everything that's living or dying well everything is living and dying even situations Governments, um, companies, people, plants, animals, children, spouses, friends, all of the relationships that we have also have um, a birth and a life and seasons and death, right? And even if it's a tiny death, one of those deaths that's really a rebirth, you know, it's painful to go through a transition where you know, you're not the same person and neither is the person that you've been in a relationship with. And so there must be a death of that old relationship in order for it to be reborn again. So how do we do that with grace and loving attention, nurturing the process with our, our, our kind of really grounded earth energy, the feminine receptive? How do we receive, you know, um, others? right? How do we receive their energy? How do we receive their thoughts? How do we receive? And a lot of that has to do with our own thinking, our own beliefs. And uh, I think that that's a really beautiful message for this time. So I think that I have gone through these three cards pretty well. So what is this for you? I really encourage you to do the work. Maybe you've just been thinking through as I talked through this podcast and you feel like that work is done. That's cool. But I really do encourage you to go to my Instagram. If you don't follow me, follow me. I'll post a picture of these three cards as well as I'll have put them as the three 
and um, they'll be face down so that people who don't listen to this podcast can see those cards, choose it, and then maybe come and listen to this. So if you're here from that, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I'm so appreciative of having this time to digest my own life, to be of service in any way that this kind of comes through for people. And I'm really enjoying hearing from you all. So thank you again for listening and for being here. And I just want to leave one last thing with you about this eclipse. And this is written by, um, I, I have um, an Astro Moon Diary, um, and it is created by um, a woman named, uh, mur, mur, I always want to tell you, and then I don't um, remember her name. I always want to say that it's, okay. Tracy Holloway. So Tracy Holloway makes this moon diary. Anyways, so she wrote, the eclipse of the full moon in Capricorn on the 16th, which conjuncts Pluto. So it's next to Pluto as well, which is also retrograding, by the way, in Capricorn. And then Saturn's retrograding in Capricorn. So there's all this. This is very cosmic, cosmic dance of retrograding in, in Capricorn right now which is all about reviewing again, reviewing structures, reviewing tradition, reviewing the patriarchy, basically, because Capricorn is very affinity to the father. It's the house of the father, career, responsibility. What does it mean to have good work, right? So is yet another cosmic harbinger of irreversible change. It gives no choice but to let go. Okay, this mooning, this mooning Capricorn, this eclipse, no choice to let go. For those with eyes to see, the eclipse of the past is opening the door to consideration of radically different creative approaches. Break with tradition and do it differently. Okay, and then it also goes on to just say a silver lining to the dark clouds should gradually manifest after the 22nd when the sun enters Leo and Mars begins to form a positive aspect to the Sagittarian and Jupiter. So Jupiter's in, in the sign of Sagittarius right now. And it's also retrograding, by the way. So you're meant to rever review what you've learned. That's that little bit. So all of these pieces are kind of coming in to help us to integrate our little selves, our inner childs, who learned patterns, beliefs, dogma, shame, tradition, the way in which we think we should live in order to be happy, X plus Y equals happiness. What was that for you? For me, it was, if you work hard and be kind, you will be happy. Thank you for listening. It's such a pleasure every week to spend time with you and I really appreciate you listening and being here. If you've enjoyed this podcast or benefited from it, please share it with your friends. If you'd like to know more or work with me, you can go to paintagoddess.com and find all of my free resources as well as how to book a reading with me. I work together astrology and tarot, which has been a really illuminating process for my customers and clients and friends. And I would love to do a reading for you and see where we're at today 